Welcome, everybody, to A Servant's Heartbeat. My name is Kristen. Thank you so much for joining and allowing me to share my heartbeat for the kingdom of God with you. We are talking about spiritual sowing this week, and I probably will go through quite a few scriptures um, as we move through our devotion. So if you're not behind a wheel of a car listening, then possibly grabbing your Bible will will be helpful so you can follow along uh, with the scriptures we're going to talk about. So the first one that we're going to look at is in Matthew 13, where looking at the parable of the sower. And it's here that we read about a seed, that seed being the word of God. And there is a tension put on how that seed is received by different types of soil. In Matthew 13, it begins uh, at verse 18 with the explanation of this parable. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. Verse 20 But he that receives seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by is he offended. Verse 22, he also that receives seed among thorns is he that heareth the word, And the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. And then finally, we have he that received seed into good ground, is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. So again, we're looking at four different types of soil or receivers here. We have one that received by the wayside, one received in stony places, another among thorns, and the last into good ground. And that last one that received into good ground is the one that had the reaping benefits. This is the one that is characterized by hearing, understanding, and also bearing fruit. So seed was sown. And when we're talking about sowing seed, we also consider the end result, which is the reaping. You will reap what you sow. In the case of these four types of soil or four receivers of the word, only one really had reaped benefits. It was the good soil and it brought forth fruit. Now, while not the the complete topic of our devotion, I can't help but to ask the question, how do you become good ground for receiving the word of God? Well, let's look at Mary and Martha and try to answer that question. So before we get to Mary and Martha, I do want to go over a couple of scriptures first. So that parable of the sower lets us know the seed that is being sown is the word of God. And recalling a few verses from John in chapter 1, we know John 1, 1 says, 
in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Moving down to verse 14, the beginning of that verse says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So keeping those verses in mind, let's talk about Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 38, we read about how Martha received Jesus, that word made flesh, into her home. And and let's think about how this connects to receiving the word in the parable of the sower. So, Luke 10 and 38. Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house, received that word made flesh. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. Well, in the parable of the sower, there was also hearing of the word. Verse 40, but Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she should help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Now, careful means worried, you're concerned, you're anxious about something. And troubled means you're disturbed. And to look back at Matthew 13, 22, in the parable of the sower, it mentions the care of this world. That means the anxiety the worry, the concerns of this world. Well, that's pretty close in relationship to Martha being careful and troubled about many things. Who knows what all was on her mind besides my sister ain't helping me in the kitchen. And in verse 42, it says, but one thing is needful and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Perhaps a way to think about this is Mary hath chosen the good ground, a good place. Her actions communicated, I want to hear the word. I want to understand the word. I want to be fruitful. And if we look back at the parable on that good soil, it talks about it was somebody that heard the word, that understood, and that bare fruit. With Mary and Martha, Mary made a choice. And and moving into our main focus, we're going to talk about how sowing and reaping is made up of choices. Choices of where we choose to be or what we choose to do or how we choose to receive. So I will reap what I choose to sow. So here's where we're going to go through quite a few scriptures. So if you have your Bible, it'll be helpful to look at it with me. We're going to start in the Old Testament and then transition to the New. So Psalms 126 verse 5 says, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. This psalm is referring to coming out of Babylonian captivity, a place of bondage. 
And just like the children of Israel, there are times where we find ourselves bound because of our choices and mistakes. But we don't have to stay that way. My choice can be to sow in tears, that place where I have an humble cry unto God for restoration in my life, a returning to him. Continuing in the Old Testament, Hosea talks about sowing and reaping. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12, sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Choosing to sow in righteousness is, is doing what God asks of me. I think about Abraham. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. It's a daily effort to keep walking uprightly with him. Even if I don't understand or know that the path that's way ahead of me, I'm, I'm making an effort to walk upright with him. And as a result, I reap mercy. That mercy refers to, to God's unfailing and loyal love for you and me. This verse goes on to say, break up your fallow ground. That's a weird term, fallow ground. It's talking about unplowed, uncultivated ground. It's hard ground. And at times, our spiritual heart gets a little hard. It's, it's not that the soil of our heart has never been plowed or never been worked on before. We've been broken, but seasons and trials in life can affect the ground of our heart, and we need a new breaking. We need another spiritual breakthrough to take place. And while we're talking about that fallow ground, I was also reminded of a scripture in Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 3. For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. Well, that sow not among thorns brings us back to where we started with the parable of the sower. Remember, some seeds fell among thorns. And if we continue reading here in Jeremiah, verse 4 continues by talking about circumcision of the heart, a transformation of the heart, breaking up the fallow ground. Our breaking points don't always feel good. And truth be told, they don't always look good either. But the transformation that we reap from the sowing process goes well beyond anything that I could ever attempt to sow and reap in this world. There's going to be moments, and I guess really seasons in our life, where in order for new growth to happen or deeper growth to happen, new sowing has to take place. A breaking within me has to occur. And that, that breaking doesn't always mean that I, I did something wrong. Again, this could just be the season that I am in. If you're in a rough season, don't let the rough season that you're in discourage you. This could be a place of breaking where God wants to, to take things a little deeper, to, to make those roots go deeper, to bring better and greater growth 
to our lives to help us be more effective for him. Going back to Hosea 10 and 12, where we left off in that verse. So it said, break up your fallow ground and then continues to say, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. It's time to seek the Lord. It's in this time of seeking him that the rain that this verse mentions, those times of refreshing come. That that moment where I'm in his presence and I am broken, I am humbled before him. It's time to seek the Lord. And moving into the, the New Testament here, we're going to start with 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully, every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give, not grudgedly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. I'm, I'm sure like me, you have had this too your whole life. You've heard God loves a cheerful giver. And, and oftentimes this is referred to with our money, with our tithing and offering. But this goes well beyond that. So looking at verse seven, where it says he purposeth in his heart, that's a decision. That's a choice that was made, an intentional choice that was made. And earlier we talked about how sowing and reaping is made up of choices. And here in verse seven, we have a decision, a choice that was made in the heart. I'm reading this and asking myself, how am I choosing to sow right now? Is it sparingly? Sparingly means careful restraint. I'm, I'm holding back a bit. And in living for God, I don't want to entertain a sparing, frugal, or economical approach and try to plan out just how much of my life I'm willing to give or let go. That would be sowing sparingly. Something is withheld. And again, we're not just talking about money here. This is about our time, being willing, our dedication to the Lord. And to completely take the guesswork out of just how much of myself do I give to God, it's all. It's everything. Not grudgedly or out of necessity, but I want to cheerfully give myself to Him, my all. And this, this giving of my all is not an overnight thing. Granted, I, I can give my all to him at an altar in a service, but I think this is really talking about a continual thing, not, not just an overnight, but continually I want to check within myself, am I withholding something? Am I sowing sparingly? Another way to look at this is my all for his all. He's asking me to sow, giving my all. And as a result, I will reap his benefits, reap bountifully. I'm reminded, going back to the Old Testament, of Psalms 103, a giving of all that is within me. And in turn, God gives his benefits. So Psalms 103 verse 1 begins, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all. All 
that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, sowing and reaping. So our last verse to wrap things up is found in Galatians chapter 6 and starts at verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary and well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. To reiterate again, sowing and reaping is made up of choices. Considering the end. Thank you, Sister Cooley. If you have not gone to listen to that podcast about considering the end, you should. So, considering the end, reaping corruption or reaping life everlasting is a result of what or how I chose to sow. It's my choice to sow to the flesh or to the spirit. There is no in-between or riding the fence about sowing that's mentioned in this verse. A choice is made. Now, looking at verse 9, it mentions the word weary. And I don't know about you, but that word hits home for me right now. And even when we're giving our all, when we are doing the best we know how with sowing in righteousness, we can still get weary. I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm sure I am not alone in this feeling, but sometimes we might feel like, you know, we're doing all the things we know to do. We're, we're living for God the best way we know how, yet we're still experiencing some weariness. Well, consider the end. Consider the end result. Be not weary and well-doing. In due season, we talked about this in an earlier verse, how spiritual seasons or trials, breaking points will come. But man, the, the result on the other side, the, the transformation on the other side is well worth it if we'll hang on. So again, be not weary and well-doing. In due season, we shall reap if we faint not. And, and thinking some more on this, I, I can't help but to be reminded of the verse in Matthew that talks about well done. That moment when my well-doing eventually leads to me hearing him say, well done. Sowing in the Spirit is well worth every mile, every trial, every season, even the dry times where I am at my breaking point. I've got something to look forward to. The sowing is not in vain. The, the trials are not in vain. One day, my well-doing will meet those sweet words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord.